This podcast may contain coarse language and dark humour and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Come on, boy. Get up. You're going to die in bed. That's what my papa used to yell at me when I tried sleeping past 7am when I stayed with him as a kid. I didn't appreciate it then, but he's kind of got a point. I probably am going to die in bed. Shit. I'm going to die full stop. We all are. So what are you waiting for? Get up, you dickhead. You're gonna die in bed. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the hump day special of You're Going to Die in Bed, a mildly morbid, mostly Monday morning motivational podcast for creatives who struggle with their mental health. So as you'll know from last week, I had a wee accident that landed me in bed for the best part of the week. But I'm on the mend and getting back into the swing of things now. Although it didn't take long to find out the good news that I was mostly okay, I had no broken bones and avoided landing on my head. There was definitely a moment of existential terror as I felt the roof give way beneath my feet. I have no idea if I actually thought it at the time, but I recall having a moment of, shit, this is it. This is the end of my life as I know it. And the strangest thing, once I started breathing regularly, after a couple minutes of gasping for air, I felt strangely calm. Like, I thought, hey, if this is my time, I'm actually happy with how I've lived. Which is crazy because I'm so not happy with what I've done in life so far. I haven't achieved anything since I got 98% in a primary school science test. And the hardest question was probably something like, what color is the sky? Or some stupid shit. So who knows? Maybe it was the endorphins in my brain which had decided that even though I wasn't on my way out, I could use a little something something. It's lucky I didn't die then, because if I died outside on the concrete... And the whole premise of this podcast would have been wrong, and everything I've ever said would be considered a lie. Anyway, there's no real point to this story, but it's good to be alive. And it's nice to know that even if I die as a complete fuck-up, my brain might trick me into thinking I was alright. So, today I'm going to talk about my top tips for getting going when you're feeling like a bag of dicks, share some good stories and uplifting news, and finish off by talking to Paul Harris from the Snobby Collective about what's getting him out of bed. But first... Let's go to local correspondent, Al B. Newscasting, over on the Bullshit Bulletin. Over to you, Al. Thanks, Al. This just in, two friends have reported sharing different political beliefs without unfriending each other on Facebook. The friends say, although it may be hard to believe, you can still be friends with people who don't share identical political, religious and ideological views with you. Although they acknowledge it is far more comfortable to stay in a perpetual feedback loop and have your pre-existing beliefs constantly reinforced and never challenged. A freelance graphic designer has landed himself in hot water this week after accusing himself of inappropriate conduct in his home office. He reportedly felt a small itch on his anus, which he proceeded to scratch after which he reported feeling a slight pleasant sensation followed by a deep sense of shame. Feeling confused on whether or not he consented to this action, he fell into a philosophical crisis on the existence of free will and promptly reported himself to HR, which again was run by him. 
After some mediation between himself, it was decided that his hand and rectum would no longer be allowed to interact in the office, and all future encounters should take place outside of working hours. And finally, the mystery of the Corfi Park SOC continues as police misconduct threatens to jeopardise the entire investigation. The SOC that was first discovered in May went missing again from the police evidence room last week. The entire station was searched before the SOC was discovered in the top drawer of Constable Richard Holster. When questioned by his colleagues, he explained that it was the perfect SOC to play the lead in the department's end-of-year SOC puppet rendition of Annie. The disgruntled constable and playwright begrudgingly returned the sock after the station captain said he would increase the end-of-year production budget by $70 for doing so. And that's it for this week. Until next time, stay classy, Wanganui. Mornings are hard. I'm usually feeling like a big bag of cocks when I wake up. I'm often feeling anxious that I'm not rested enough to cope with the new day. I'm thinking about that time I said, and I quote, Hey, do any of yous want to dance? To a group of girls at the Year 10 Ball, who, unsurprisingly, unanimously declined me. Or that time we didn't place at the 2010 RockQuest National Final. It's not a good way to start the day. So here's some hot tips that, like all things, might help you half as well as you'd like, and help less than half of you half as well as you deserve. But hey, it's just how like all the little microtransactions on beer and $2 lolly bags add up to you having no money, the sum of all these little habits and activities can add up to you being a little better off. Step one, get up. Honestly, as much as I'm dreading it while I'm lying in my bed like a baby swaddled in the wings of an angel, getting up is the beginning of getting better. It's that first victory of the day where you say, Take that, feelings. I didn't listen to you. I'm a competent and capable adult who doesn't conduct their life based entirely on the whims of emotion. And it can feel good. For a moment. The next step I find helpful is step two. Carry your zombie ass into the shower. For a long time I used to shower at night, and it feels really nice to get into bed feeling clean and cuddly. But if you're battling with mornings, I can't recommend a shower enough. The physical sensation of the water hitting your naked dad bod is a great way to make you aware of the physical world around you and shock you into consciousness. And if you're feeling really bold, you can do what my friend Johnny does and turn the shower to cold for the last minute of your shower for the ultimate, what the fuck am I doing this for, sensation. But seriously, check out cold shock therapy. I've only just started dipping my toes in, but I think I'll keep going with it. It really gets you alert and focused on the present. Not much time to think about how you'll never be as funny as Pete Davidson while your balls are retracting into your ovaries. Step 3. Put some clothes on. I did a small stint in the NZ military as a soldier in the reserves. And when I wasn't being called a ball bag or a fuck pig, I actually took a few useful things away with me. As people know from movies and TV shows, the military are big on presentation. The motto, and also the theory of this is, if you look good, you'll be good. And I think there's some value in that. I know that when I get dressed into clothes that I think are dope, which hypocritically isn't all that often, and brush my teeth and comb my beard, I feel a little bit less like a entrepreneur who lives off his wife's income and a bit more like a guy who's really going places. Like the supermarket or McDonald's. You know, places. So there you go. That's Al's three steps to success. Get up, have a shower and get dressed. Some really mind-blowing stuff. But seriously, 
When you're not in a good place, it's easy to forget about the basics and it's easy to slip deeper into depression when you let go of self-care. Admittedly, I've had days where I've stayed in bed way too long, have skipped showering for more days than anyone should admit, and dressed worse than a Moria goblin. And my sense of dick baggery compounds exponentially. In order to make progress towards a place of better mental health, it's important to build a strong foundation of healthy routine. So do it. Get up. You've got this. There's a big world of opportunity out there waiting for you, and you ain't going to get to enjoy any of it if you stay in bed. Welcome to Uplifting News. That's right, it's Uplifting News, the part of the show where I go to reddit.com slash r slash uplifting news to find some of the more positive stories circulating the world's media. All right, up top we've got uh, Canada bans uh, whale and dolphin captivity um, through some new legislation in Canada. That's awesome. Um, I know it's not a very nice place for those critters to be living uh, in the... The water parks and whatnot, so that's that's good. Well done, Canada. Always always leading the way in something. Um, a school in Nigeria is accepting empty plastic bottles from parents and guardians in exchange for payment of their children's school fees. That's awesome. That uh, must be making education um, accessible to, to a lot more people. Uh, a Filipino boy shielded a mother cat from a raging typhoon as it gave birth. What a little legend. Um there's a, a photo of him here holding like a plastic sheet um, over this cat as it's, uh, yeah, spewing some kittens out of its bottom end. Sorry, bad imagery. Um, no, it's, it's, it's quite, it's heartwarming. It's a, it's a nice story. Don't ruin it, Al. Um, a man from South Bend Community College by the name of Manson Davis um, has just graduated high school and he's the, the young age of uh, 79. Um, well done, sir. That's very incredible. Uh, we'll do one last one. Um, researchers at Washington State University have developed a method that convert <clears throat> that can convert plastic waste, including plastic bags, milk cartons, and water bottles, into diesel and jet fuel. This could be an environmental game changer. Some eight million tons of plastic ends up in the world's ocean every year. Well, yeah, n- not sure about. Um, burning off all that diesel and jet fuel. But hey, I don't know what I'm talking about. That sounds way better than it being in the ocean. So, yeah, give that a an uplifting news tick. Uplifting news. Hey, you! Are you a man? Do you like sinking piss and watching rugby? Fuck yeah! Well, you'll love my new show, Paul Gets Pissed with Power Tools. Join me, Paul, as I get pissed with some of my favourite tools. Yeah, yeah, just get it in there. Yeah, yeah, cross cut. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah, pull it up. Pull it up, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pass us another toy, mate. Oh, hi. Do you want to look like Quasimodo, but you don't got the time to grow your own hump? Maybe you're thinking about buying a hump, but you can't afford to buy one. Well, stop worrying. Hire a hump is here to help. Here at Hire a Hump, we're the hump specialists. We've got big humps, little humps, camel humps, speed humps, dry humps, my humps, my humps, my humps, my lovely lady lumps, and much more. So, stop looking for humps and come to us, you humpy chumps. You can also take advantage of our special 
Hump Day Special, where we sell two humps for the price of one hump every Wednesday. Hire a hump, 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 hire a hump. We are not a prostitution service. All right, today in the studio I have Paul. Um, what's your surname, Paul? Harris. Paul Harris of The Village Snob, a coffee cart on Topol Quay in Wanganui, uh, and also The Snobby Collective, a coffee subscription service. Uh, Paul, what's getting you out of bed? Got arguably the best office in town and coffee on tap. Why wouldn't you want to get out of bed? Living the dream, really. That's awesome. Um, how long have you been in coffee for? But three and a half years, coming up three and a half years. Nice. And what, what um, brought you into the coffee sphere? I love coffee for years. Always thought about doing it. Never thought I would. And then one day I decided, screw it. I need to do it now. It allows me better hours to spend more time with my kids. And that was the, that was the number one reason that I actually took the plunge and jumped into it because I could do my own thing. Was that was that an intended pun? Taking the plunge? No, no, no. We won't even speak of plunger. That's, oh, okay. That that's uncalled for. <laughs> Sorry. Um, awesome. And what what were you doing previously to getting into the coffee realm? Uh, most recently, working in sales. I've been in sales ever since I moved to Wanganui in '06, which admittedly was supposed to be for twelve months. I'm still here, so enjoyed it that much. Yeah, awesome. It has that effect on you. Um, yeah, tell us about the Snobby Collective. What is it? What is it about? So the Snobby Collective is a coffee subscription service. The whole basis behind it is telling the story behind the coffee. In order to do that, we're using entirely single origin coffee, teaming up with some fantastic roasters from all around New Zealand each month and just helping people understand coffee, where it comes from, and the lives of the people producing it, who in most cases are getting a pretty raw deal. So we're focusing on roasters who are going out of their way to A, know where it comes from, and B, buying coffee that is looking after those people and making their lives better. So it's a bit of a social justice, um, educational project, and... Let's be honest, it's me geeking out and taking everybody along for the ride. That's awesome. How long has that been going for? Uh, launched that 1st of October last year, sent out our first subscription in November. So is that coming up eight months? That it's been coming up to our eighth subscription. So that's probably the best way to measure it in the terms of the time that we've actually been achieving something. Very cool. Um, and are you primarily working with New Zealand coffee roasters? Only New Zealand coffee roasters because, uh, let's face it, Kiwis are awesome. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Um, you were telling me before that you are heading to the Tauranga Coffee Festival in August? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, What's what happens there? So Tauranga Coffee Festival is a day of uh, some of New Zealand's best roast and coffee related um, businesses getting together and sharing their wares basically and it's a uh, it's a ticketed event for coffee geeks basically anyone who enjoys coffee and you just get in amongst it 
Um, I'm jumping in the deep end with that. It's obviously very, very new to me. Um, but what the hell? What have I got to lose? Totally. That's super cool. Um, I feel like asking about the name of uh, your business, it's like one of those things when, when you're in a band and people are like, oh, what does your name mean? It's like people asking you to describe tattoos or something. You're just like, shut up and just appreciate it. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, is that sort of like tongue-in-cheek to wanky the, coffee so culture? The, or? the Village Snob came about many years before I actually started the cart, um, and it was a complete piss take. I uh, walked out of a, a cafe, which is fantastic coffee, by the way, um, that was called The Village Grind, and I, I just made the, the throwaway comment, if I ever did that myself, I'd call it The Village Snob. And then over the years, um, the image came about as loosely based on your English butler, uh, <laughs> which never quite eventuated completely because it went into a cart for the view, but it was all a complete piss take. It was never... I never ever thought it was going to happen, but when it did, there was no other way that it could be done. And then obviously the Snobby Collective was carrying on with the same theme, the same parent brand, and the idea of collectively bringing together coffee snobs as such, uh, or more so coffee geeks. Everybody that I've met in the coffee industry is super cool, and that's the thing I love about New Zealand's coffee industry is we're all, so many people are working towards the common goal of trying to take everybody along, the growers and the producers and otherwise. So that's that's what that's all about. That's awesome. Um, I'll admit I was a little bit disappointed when I came for my first coffee um, and found out that you weren't really much of a snob um, and you're quite affable and uh, quite easy to get along with. So I feel like there's a bit of false advertising thrown in there. No, as... That's that's a real point of contention with us snobs. The the stereotype just gives us a really bad name, and we've oh, been right. battling that for generations. That's awesome. So you're kind of this is like snobs snobs advocacy that you're going for. Yeah, you yeah, snobs we're, people. We're too. all about the people. Like, to, if I were to be the stereotypical snob now, I'd throw on the the heavy English accent and ignore you for the rest of the interview. Yeah, well, that'd be um, definitely interesting on a on a podcast. Very cool. Um, well, thanks heaps for coming in. I appreciate your time. Um, and, yeah, thanks for the delicious coffee. If you're uh, passing through Whanganui, um, Paul is set up on Topol Key. Um, he's the only coffee cart uh, there uh, with a big big red station wagon and a red cart. Um, and it's epic coffee and uh, epic banter. So thanks for coming, Paul. Yeah, awesome. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. And that's it for episode 9. Thanks for listening. As per usual, if you've enjoyed it, tell the world. Tell Apple Podcasts or Podbean or whatever you're listening to this on. Say, hey, this podcast is cool or or whatever. Uh, Yeah, I just realized uh, after listening back that um, I made an ad about Paul getting pissed with power tools but that was in no way reference to my guest Paul um, I was just going for some alliteration so uh, pretend it was Pete gets pissed with power tools which actually sounds better um, oh well say la vie hey have a great week make good choices I'll see you again sometime next week ciao